whenever you struggle with doubt or any sin, right? Like, like we were talking about earlier, you have to intentionally pursue God. That means that not only going to church every now and then, or even every Sunday, but pursuing God on your own. And for a lot of people that can be really difficult. Um, it's the Bible is a very large daunting book, right? So how do I know where to start? How do I actually read it and get something out of it? Um, and with reading it, once you've accepted Christ, like the Holy Spirit is ultimately the one that leads you and that leads you into understanding and knowledge of, of the Bible. But there are some practical tips that um, if you've gone to Central's College Ministry for Abide Week, every semester we've done that. And so we're going to go over a, we're going condi- to condense three days into 10 minutes. Mm. So very, very brief overview yeah. of what, it, of practical tips when you're reading your Bible and like a place to start. I know for me, whenever someone asks me where they should start and when reading, I always say John. I think John's yeah. a really great book um, to start. What What do you think? Where I always start in John. That's where I always I say any gospel. Really, mm-hmm. you're not going to start in Leviticus. Even Genesis, like Genesis, is good for thirty chapters, and then after that, it gets hard to read. Not to say it's bad. I'm saying it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. You start start in the gospel. That's my short answer. Well, I would say start in the gospel because. The Bible is all centered on Jesus, right? Like mm-hmm. the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus, the Gospels, Jesus is there, and the epistles letters and the epistles, Jesus. right? They're all like Jesus said, so we should, yeah. right? And uh, more of like the theology behind who Jesus is mm-hmm. and knowing how we should live our lives as Christians once we've accepted Christ. Yeah. Um, so whenever you're reading, there are three steps that uh, Wes, our old college pastor, uh, used to tell us, it's observation, interpretation, and application. Um, so observation, basically what that is, is you open up your Bible, and as you're reading, you're just like, oh, like this stood out to me, right? Um, like who's who is named, right? If there are four names, what are their names? Why are they relevant? Um, maybe like even look up, like Google the different people, right? Um, so if you're reading John 1, and verses, I think it's like five through eight or six through eight, talk about John the Baptist. Okay. Mm. Who is John the Baptist? Google that. Um, find or a commentary. Verse, verse one, in the beginning was the word. Yeah. Who, who's the word? Because in John one, you don't find out who the word is until verse 14. Yeah. So what if someone picked up their Bible and only read six verses that day? You know what I'm saying? So ask questions. Yeah. Ask ask questions and, and be observant. So as you're going through, or like... um. How, when Jesus turns water into wine, right? Like how many times did they go back and forth to fill up the barrels with water and as he turned it into wine? Mm-hmm. I don't know that answer off the top of my head, but like yeah. just observing things and seeing things happen. Um, and so then once you've observed also, um, when you're reading, pay attention to what you're reading, read out loud. A lot of times um, it's really easy to start reading just in your head, reading to yourself, but read out loud because it causes you to, speak it and to hear it as you're reading. So it's mm-hmm. just really beneficial. Read it multiple times. Don't just read it once. I know when I do my quiet times, I read through the whole passage that I'm going to be studying. And then as I read through it the second time, I begin to make observations mm-hmm. as I go down. And then I use those observations with the passage, like going through it again for interpretation. Um, so that is, that's my method. That's mm-hmm. not like a, this is how you have to do it. This is that's just how my brain works. I enjoy structure and yeah. consistency. So that's kind of how I how I do it. Um, be patient. Don't feel like you have to rush through it. Don't give yourself like 
30 minutes and this is the only 30 minutes I have. It's like a hard cut off at 30 minutes. If it goes past 30 minutes, man, praise God that you are pursuing the Lord for more than 30 minutes and that you are getting something out of that, right? If it goes less than 30 minutes, man, praise God that you are devoting time to the Lord and you are getting something out of that. So don't be constrained by time. Don't give yourself a minimum or a maximum. Um, just go into the word expecting to um, not have like a mountaintop moment because that's not what every time reading the Bible is, right? More times than not, you're reading, you're like, okay, like I, I read the Bible today. I learned something, but it's not going to be this massive revelation of like tears and emotion. Like that's not what a personal quiet time is every day. Um, and that's, that's okay. It doesn't have to be that every day. And you might have those and that's awesome too, but that's not the majority. I would also say stick to a reading plan. You know, like the Bible's, I don't know who said this, whether it's Wes or Riley or Justin, but it's intended to be read a certain way. So like for me, just two days ago, I'm reading through John right now. I'm in John 10. I open up to Philippians or someone shows a verse that's cool. I don't go and like the the, tem- the temptation is just to, I say temptation. Kind of like a like stop your reading plan and go start another one. Yeah, yeah, I say temptation, but it's not it's not bad if you jump around, so to say. But like it, it's better than not reading the Bible. Exactly. So don't take that the wrong way. But at the same time, I had the draw yesterday. Oh, you know, someone sent me a Corinthians, or I saw Corinthians on instagram let me mm-hmm. go spend that no i'm going to john i'm committed to this plan and i'm gonna dissect the word and that's usually when you know you'll get the most out of your your quiet times is yeah. when you're intentionally reading a plan and then you're building off of it because if you're building if you're if you're writing notes and taking notes which most of the time i'll spend only 15 20 minutes which is a shocking right People always say quiet times, 30 minutes to an hour. Majority of my quiet times are 10 to 15 minutes because I want to be consistent. It's not consistent for me to devote 45 minutes every single day. What I do is a couple times a week, you know, two, three times a week, I'll do a 45 minute Bible study, a 30 minute Bible study, preparing for teaching, you know, just reading on my own. But that's not realistic for me every day. So what I do is just to get in the word, 10 minutes is better than one, 10 minutes Every day is better than 45 minutes once a week. Yeah. So fruit for, fruit for thought, take fruit it. Fruit for thought. But just go as the Spirit leads. Go as the Spirit leads. You should, Re- you should be have in a reading the Word plan. every day. Yes. Yeah, Do not open a- up to Leviticus 14. Uh, is my soulmate in here? Like, yeah. is this <laughs> where my when, soulmate is? I know. I Marry this, this person? I used to just like open the Bible and kind of be like, uh, this one. And like start yeah. reading. Awful idea. Awful, terrible, terrible idea terrible. because you don't know the context of the book right and i would even i would also advise on this before you start a book do some research on like what is the context who's writing it mm-hmm. um where are they writing it from how do they know these people it's like when uh when paul's writing a letter is he in prison or not because he's in prison a lot when he writes letters mm-hmm. which missionary journey is he on where has he been where is he now how does he know the church that he's writing to so having the understanding the context of what's happening will also put in perspective what he's saying. It's like Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, Paul's writing that from prison. He's not writing that from a basketball court or a football field. The NBA. The NBA. So please don't put that on your bio if you're an athlete. Um, or or a chess player, anybody. Or a chess player. I love the verse. Put it in your bio. But, put <laughs> but understand the context yes, of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back to like the practical tips and like walking through – one thing that you need to understand 
above maybe anything that we've said so far is that there is one meaning to a text, right? So if Cole reads Philippians 1 and I read Philippians 1 and he says, well, this is what the text means. And I say, well, this is what the text means to me. Okay, that is an issue because the text isn't defined. The meaning of the text isn't defined by me, right? That's one thing that, and I used to talk to Wes a lot about this. In school today, it's a lot about, okay, read this book. What does it mean to you, right? What is your meaning of this text? That's not what the Bible is. Tech, the Bible has a meaning, and it is the meaning that God intends it to have because he is the author. He determines the meaning of the text that you're reading, not you. So you, that's another reason you need to understand the context of what is happening and be consistent in one book so that you can better be equipped to understand what he is conveying to you. Yeah, I, to go off of that, I was reading with a friend of mine one time this story. I think it's Luke 16, maybe. The story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Is that mm-hmm. Luke 16? I don't know. It, if it's in Luke. It's in all the Gospels. But um, but it's in the Gospels. this guy, was. I was like, we read it. I was like, what does this mean? He goes, he had just gone through a hard time. Like, he's struggling, right? He goes, Jesus loves us. He, he, he cares for our problems. He's going to deliver us. Basically he's addressing this passage to his problems. And I'm like, yes, but Those things are he just raised Lazarus true. from the dead. Like this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? So even when we're in our reading plans and we're understanding the context, like don't read yourself into the text exactly. because the Bible isn't about you. Exactly. The Bible is about Jesus. The Old Testament's about Jesus. We're not to him. the main character. And really, we're not a character in the Bible. We're like, yeah. nowhere's my name in the Bible. Not, I don't, the, if you have a biblical name, your name isn't in there either. It's just it's a it's a copy of their name. Exactly. It's about an individual who lived so, a certain lifespan. The Bible's not about you. Don't you're who is it? Matt Chandler, I think. Like you're not David. Yeah. And David and Goliath, you're not David. Mm. Right. Um, so don't read yourself into the text, read the text and allow the text to transform you. Um, and that is only done through the Holy spirit. So before you start pray, ask the Holy spirit to lead you, to guide you so that you can understand who God is more after you're done reading. Doesn't always have to be, like I said, this mountaintop because most time it won't be, but you can walk away and you can say, okay, God told me to remember this. God told me, or, or God says to remember this. God says to um, stay away from this. God says to do this. Like there are different things that you can take away that are clear in the text um, before you say, oh, I am David. Mm. Oh, I am Lazarus, right? Like God, if you are, God has not physically allowed me to die and then allowed me to rise from the grave four days later. Mm. He spiritually has has redeemed me and has saved me and has brought me new life, but he's not physically allowed me to go into the grave and come out of it. This is, it's not a story and it's account. It's an account. Mm-hmm. These are real, these are real things that happened. Like so it's you're, not metaphors. You're, you're, yeah. It's not a metaphor. Parables, you can somewhat maybe go metaphor, but it, the metaphor was meant for a real life group mm-hmm. of 35 people who were there when Jesus was there. So you're doing, you're undermining the scripture by placing yourself in the text but how does this correlate to doubt is the fact that our nature 
in our sin nature, in our desire, is as we're experiencing doubt, fear, pain, suffering. Trey may not experience doubt. He experienced temptation. He experiences hurt. He's a human being. Whatever you're experiencing, as we read the Bible, our tendency is to place ourselves because we want that immediate satisfaction. We want that immediate deliverance from our struggle or pain, whatever it is. And that's the problem with that is, is you aren't seeking Jesus, you're seeking a cure. A cure, Because mm-hmm. Jesus is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person, right? We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So you aren't really seeking Him. Like the treasure in the field idea, a man, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure in a field and a man sold all that he had and bought the field. Jesus Jesus is the treasure, not your deliverance. Not what you from, can get out of it. Not your deliverance from your struggle. Right. Um, and that's our nature is to... Like, think, like, just put it in the most person you love the most. Trey, let's do Julia. You don't care. Like, if you're if you're having a bad day, you just being in Julia's presence. You love her. Mm-hmm. You don't love what she can give you. We, under, right. like, we as, it's so funny how our human brains understand it with real life circumstances, but we fail to understand it with Jesus, that he was a real person. He is a real person. He's alive today, working today. So that he wants us to seek him, not what he can do. Right. <clears throat> and I think that kind of goes back to whenever you're having doubt, like, how do I, like, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to intentionally pursue the Lord. How do I do that? By when you're reading, observing, interpreting, and applying. So there is one meaning to a text, but from that one meaning, it can apply to your life in different ways, right? So, the way that a meaning of a text may apply differently to Cole than it does to me, right? But the, the meaning is the same. Um, and I think that whenever you're struggling with, whether that's doubt, pride, any kind of temptation, like that needs to be what our goal is, is to take captive our minds, to focus on Jesus and to intentionally pursue him even through that struggle. How do we do that? Is by doing this, mm-hmm. by being in the word, And then next week, we're going to talk more about um, prayer and worship and practical ways to do that, what that looks like. Um, And then we're also next week going to hit on like how, why can we trust the Bible? How do we trust the Bible? So we're going to start getting into some practical truths and evidence because like we talked about last week, secular faith versus biblical faith pretty much hinged off of proof of the Bible, proof of Jesus. And a guy I talked to today, I need proof. Like somehow science proves the Big Bang Theory, but you believe in that. So we're going to get into some arguments that if you face, have these conversations with other people, you can be equipped to answer them and for your own faith, just know the answers to those questions. That way, whenever you are tempted by the enemy to have these doubts and to doubt the validity of the Bible, you can look at this and be like, man, actually the Bible is extremely trustworthy and reliable and this is why. So we'll give you some practical tools next week um, to fight those doubts and temptations. We've been we've been prolonging it. It's coming. It's coming. Like it's coming. So just next wait week on it's it. coming. Next week it'll be here. And the week after, probably probably multiple weeks. <laughs> but I guess that's it. Yeah. Thank you for watching this episode of the Cole and Cole Show. Y'all know what to do every week. Run like, up the share, likes. Run up subscribe. the comments. Run up the subscribes. Which share. has been happening. Which has been happening. We Praise God. It. We appreciate every single one of y'all. We've been growing. Share this with a friend who needs to hear about Jesus or needs some hope or you think this is a tool someone could benefit from. But we will see y'all next week. And thank y'all so much.